Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Life Radio. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. I'm Sarah Moore Raider. And so I asked, I, I made, I just made Sarah laugh. I make Sarah laugh a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes, my friend, you do. But I just made Sarah laugh in that before I pushed record, I said, so do we have a direction for today? <laughs> And that's what she did. She laughed at me. And, I and said, she said, do we ever? <laughs> oh, do we ever have a plan? Or do, we just we just come here and just see what comes we out. We just see what God lets you all know. Yeah. It's, How the Spirit leads is pretty much what we, it's what direction we go in. It is. And I don't think that that is necessarily a bad thing. Not everything needs to be written out and planned. And No. I mean. I, I like spontaneity. <laughs> I'm learning to like spot. Actually, I do like spontaneity in a lot of ways, but there are also things that I, I kind of want to plan to. I um, kind of well, what's going on with my life? Kind of like what direction mm-hmm. am I going? How I, I kind of want to have, but I'm learning that that's not, that's just not how life goes. Well, you can have. Well, I had a plan right, for we, my life, mm-hmm. and <laughs> don't drink yet. I had a plan for my life. <laughs> oh, you're going to spit. <laughs> And it's hot. I don't want to wear it. You're right. I'm drinking. I'm drinking hot water with. Um, and this. Yes. This will. Um, I have to have. I gave a. Um, said hello last week to our hairdresser. This week I want to say hello to my brother-in-law who happens to listen, and he knows that I that I would be drinking hot water with lemon. He yes. makes fun of me for it. I didn't have any lemon. I know, but he he thought that was the funniest thing that I, I would drink just hot water. I think it's the fun. I'm I'm with him. I, it's strange. I don't like drinking regular water, <laughs> cold. <laughs> I don't like drinking it. Well, I I don't mind room temperature uh-huh. water, right? Um, but hot water, like it's, for it's not me, something really that makes sense to me, Sarah. That's fine. I I I can understand. I do a lot of things that don't make sense to a lot of people, so but this. Do I. But this actually, it relaxes me. It does. It, and so and then here's the other thing that I learned, and it was on Dr. Oz. And I've been doing it forever. He said that um, drinking hot water with, with a little bit of lemon is actually um, a, cleanse, a cleansing. And it's a natural, I think he said, decongestant and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I could have been on Dr. Well, Dr. Dude, Oz this a long time ago. No wonder you don't have sinus problems. <laughs> Right. So anyways, but Corey would find this hilarious that I'm drinking hot water. Just hot water. She's drinking just hot water. So, and all I was going to say was that I had a plan for my life. Right. And God decided to switch it up and he sent me McKenna. Yes. Yes, he did. And I, we were talking about McKenna at lunch and just what a blessing and just, well, what a hoot she is. Oh, she is hilarious. And if she here's here's what I love is that for the last eight years of school, it has been because she's in the eighth grade. So I guess for the last seven years of school, she really has not allowed the teachers to see her true personality, who she is to us here, who we know, you know McKenna to be is not who she is at school. Because she just goes, she gets her work done. She doesn't really mess around. This year, in she doesn't have any friends in her in her class, so she's not you know talking or, or making conversations. She's just doing her work. So her teachers really don't get to see. And then when she's asked a question or called upon, she's very quiet. And you know she which let me tell you something about my kid. There's not a quiet bone in her body. Nope. She reserves it all for school. 
And um, so I had a parent parent teacher conference like two weeks ago. And the math teacher actually told me, she, she said, I saw McKenna in the hallway with one of her friends. And I was like, wow, she actually does talk. <laughs> wow. That is crazy to me to think that that she wouldn't know that about McKenna. Because she saw this interaction with, with McKenna and huh. her best friend. And it was very animated. And, you know, very, mm-hmm. because everything about McKenna is very animated. And... She's talking with her whole body. She doesn't just talk with her hands. She tells a story with her whole body. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there are dance moves involved. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so it's just it's just so different than, than the McKenna that we see. Well, she's been telling me these stories about different... She's like, Mom, I've gone into the eighth grade, and I've just kind of like... I'm there to do my work, and... You know, nothing else matters. <laughs> I, you know, I have my friends. They're not in my classes. So I have to connect with them outside of class. And I'm just there and I'm just doing what I have to do. And and I'm trying to have a good time while doing it. Mm-hmm. And this is good because she really has not liked the eighth grade. For the first probably month of school, she'd come down. She'd come home and she'd be like, I hate it. I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I'm not going back. It's terrible. I had an awful day. I'm not going back. And I, I would say, okay, we've given her offers to homeschool, but it's all or nothing. She, she homeschools for the rest of her, you know, school career, or she continues to go to school. And um, so she chooses to go. She, she chooses to to continue to go to school every day. I'm not going back. It was terrible. It was terrible. I'm not going back. I'd go in to get her up in the morning. I'm not going. I'm not going. Obviously, she says that while she's getting out of bed, and you know, and getting ready, getting ready. Mm-hmm. And so as the year's progressing and we're moving more into it and she is getting comfortable and, you know, learning the, the teachers and stuff, she is, she's becoming quite the character at school as well. And she's told me two different stories. I'm just going to share one today of interactions that she's had with her science teacher, whom I know is is 40 years old because I graduated with him. So I know how old he, and um, he has younger kids and is teaching teenagers, <laughs> which I find, I, I find really funny. And th- then the poor man has to deal with my kid <laughs> who um, comes home and tells me this story the other day about how he gives them this whole talk about priorities and how important it is to prioritize and, and to work on your pri- you know your top priorities first and move down the like this whole talk on priorities and then he proceeds to tell them that their their class time for the day needs to be spent working on um on their science now i need i feel like i need to explain that in McKenna's middle school right now they're doing something that is called summit and I'm not sure I understand the whole thing, but let me tell you, it is move at their own pace learning and everything's done on a Chromebook. Yeah, everything's computer-based. It's all, it's all computer-based. They do projects, so they are having like instructional time with the teachers. They're not losing out on that completely, but all of their content to complete the eighth grade, you know, the, the eighth grade platform content is computer-based. And moves at your own pace. And 
and they get lectures on yes. from from the computer. Yes. Teachers from the computer. Everything, everything yes. is on the computer, which is interesting in and of itself. Right. We could save a lot we'll of money on salaries. Anyway. So <laughs> no, I don't want to get rid of teachers at all. But it seems redundant to have both. Back to my so yeah, because we could we could story, go on we a could really go on a tangent here. But um, so back to my story that the teacher has just given this huge talk on priorities, and then tells them that they need to work on their science powers, which the powers are the basic content that they need to master to finish the eighth grade. And they are in science class, so it would make sense. To be working on science, correct? Correct. I mean, yeah. No, means, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. That's right. very logical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they start working and everyone in the class is on their Chromebooks. And McKenna is sitting there with a piece of paper and a pencil in front of her. And the teacher says, McKenna, what are you working on? She says, well, I'm working on my algebra worksheet right now (laughs) well mckenna i thought we just talked about working on our our power um our 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 science plt and she says well we did but we also talked about priorities and i'm two months ahead on my science plt and this math paper is due tomorrow so it's a higher priority for me (laughs) than than (laughs) science is right now and so I'm going to work on it. She doesn't ask permission. She says, so I'm going to work on it. And this poor man <laughs> just gave them a speech on on priorities. And you can't argue with her logic in no. her mind. I mean, you know. Well, you can't. No, you can't not, argue with that logic, right? Not even in her mind, but just, so, you can't argue with that logic. And so she, so he looks at her and goes, uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So after that story, I looked at Steffi. I said, I want to be like McKenna when I grow up. I mean, just the, uh, I mean, her, she is truly confident um, to be who God created her to be. Like, I, I love her creativity. I love how she's dramatic. I love, I love her humor. I love, I love that she has the confidence to say what she wa- wants, what she doesn't want. Um, it is just so... It's so cool to see that, again, to play out in school, even. It, it does. And I love, I, you know, we always, Cliff and I always joke that, that Megan got the worst of both of us. Bless her heart. Which, which will make great qualities in an adult, but was really hard raising her as a child. And then I look at McKenna, who has come up in what Cliff and I would call our freedom, from so many things that we broke through and she really has a, she, she's not a people pleaser. Mm-mm. She is not at all. Is she a people pleaser? Not at all. No, don't even, don't even remotely pretend to no. make she, no, she'll tell you how it is. She, she really will. And, um, and it's just a remarkable thing to think that what took me, well into my adult life, my kid has found at 13. Mm-hmm. Well, 
and not only yes, um, she tells it how how it is, but she's also completely loyal and completely devoted to the people she loves. Yes, and very protective, yes, and so she doesn't sway from from that. No, and yeah, that, that truly grounds her. It does that. Her love for her family, her her love, her love for her family, and her being loved by her family. I f- firmly believe that grounds her in and allowing her to be who she is. And I love that about her. Yeah. She is she is remarkable. Um, and I don't just say that because she's my kid, but because maybe there's a part of me that you know wants to be like McKenna when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> who am I kidding? I'm never growing up. But. Yes, but she just. Yes, you have. She just really. Yes, I have. I know. Um, it, it's just yeah. I'm w- going to work on my math because that's my higher priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> just thinking about your statement that growing up, we have done a lot of growing. We up. We have to done go. a lot of growing up and getting to the place where I used to be. I mean, I've. I still struggle with being a people pleaser in in some ways, but have grown tremendously in that area. I've seen you grow in your confidence and, and just allowing God to shape and mold you into who this beautiful, confident, um, articulate woman is just so incredible. I, I love that. I, I love that I've gotten that we've both gotten to see, where we started and where we're, where we are now and, and where we're going. Absolutely. And that's just, that's just so, and get to share that with our kids. I just, I love that. It's, it's, it really is an incredible thing to share your life with someone mm-hmm. and to grow up together. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're the longest friend I've ever had in my life. Yeah, me too. Um, we moved, I moved around growing up. Mm-hmm. I moved around quite a bit. Um, and never, never felt at home, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, yes. And then we met and started going to Burger King and we made a home at Burger King. We did. <laughs> we did. We even had our own, we even had our own booth. We had our own booth. And uh, we got mad when people were in our booth. Oh yeah. I was, yeah. I, we sure did. We should have had reserved. <laughs> And we, we should have. And we should go back. Th- we need to go back there just for good old times sake. We haven't, we haven't that done would be fun. We haven't done but that But we long can't time. sit in the, I don't think that now I could sit in that kid's play area. Well, let's kick all the kids out. I would, where were we? <laughs> and then we'll sit there. McKenna and I were somewhere the other day and the kid was, she was totally entertained by it. And he, um... He was just excited, but in his excitement, he just kept screaming. <laughs> I'm like, can we? Can you like laugh or or something? Right. <laughs> Make some other noise other than screaming. <laughs> <laughs> no, when it comes to when it comes to our grandkids, which oh, Steph, completely Stephanie, different. Stephanie and I, we talk about grandkids all yes. the, like we look at baby clothes and all that kind of stuff. That's going to be so much fun. It so, is. I saw something at Kroger. Yeah. Okay. So um, listen, so when in our- the spirit of authenticity, okay, I've already bought baby clothes for my grandkids. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. They are superhero themed 
and they are in a box in my office. I love that. So you're going to do the superhero theme. Absolutely. I will do the creature theme. Yes, you will. Yeah, I'll have my my grandkids will be decked out in creature stuff. That's just, you know, that's like, that's like, oh, look at that. It's that has cute ducks on it or cute turtles yeah. or cute whatever it is. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the difference between the two of us, but we will go, we will love going shopping together. Yes, we will. But going back to um, moving around and feeling at home, I, going to your house that you used to live at and setting in, we would watch Dancing with the Stars and just drink cup after cup, cup. of hot yeah. tea while our kids played or, or whatever it yeah. was. That, that was when I knew that it was okay to be myself mm-hmm. and it was okay to let my ugly show and to let, um, my, and, and to, and to let my good show, you know, sometimes I think we don't even know that we can let our goodness show to other people because we're not sure what they'll think of what that. They'll think of it. And, um, you just let me be myself. I and- did. I think that one of my favorite things about that time and, because now when we, yeah, now when we get together, we're getting together for a purpose. We're recording this podcast. We're having our accountability time. We're, you know, meeting for lunch to catch up. Like it has a purpose. But when the kids were little and and they just, you know, we needed them to play together. Look, y'all have to be friends because we need peace of mind. I was going to say the purpose was sanity. It really was about us, but we (laughs) pretended it was about them. And, and we could just be, Mm -hmm. we didn't have to fill that time with, and and I think that we could still have those moments now. Yeah. We just don't, we don't, we should make it a point. Yeah. It, yeah, we don't have, but the people that we can just be with, but that's what we didn't have to entertain mm-hmm. each other. We didn't have to have conversation. We didn't. Yeah, I know how she likes her tea. I know that she drinks hot water with lemon. It's sometimes I know which one she needs when she needs it. Like, mm-hmm. so it's not, it was that you could, I learned that you could just be, mm-hmm. you didn't have to be entertaining or making conversation or what's she thinking of me? Like, is she judging me because I haven't done the dishes in six days? <laughs> and there were and there were times that you hadn't done the dishes in six days. There were. And I still was over there. I and still... let me tell you that when I hadn't done the dishes for six days, we'd probably eaten out six days in a row. <laughs> it's not like six days worth of <laughs> cooking and, you know. Right. But sometimes it was two or three days worth of cooking dishes. And I would – and there's that goes both ways in the sense that you would just open up your home and let me be just there. Be. And that – I could come and you knew that I was just hanging out and right. never thought a thing about it. And um, that growth was incredible because in me, because I could just let everything show. Yeah. And it taught me that I didn't have to think about what other people were thinking about. And so leading into that, you were just telling me about this book that you read. Um, yes. Tell the premise of that book because okay. I think so much of what we do in life is this book. I, I I honestly, it was so, the parallels were great. And I'm not sure that it would have had the same impact had we not just finished chapter three 
of Uninvited. Okay. Where she talks about seeing ourselves from the perception of what others, from the perception of what we think others mm-hmm. think of us. The lady at the gym. The lady mm-hmm. at the gym. Yeah. The lady at the gym hates me. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but I've lived my, I mean, you I think have. I've lived my life. I think you have. That way. Wondering what the perception of other people are, what, what, the, what, what it is of me. And then I kind of live at that truth based on my own assumptions, that, but that's not the truth. Correct. I that's said the, my, based on I know, my own. I know, yeah. I know. I know. That's not the truth. That's the truth you've created yep. based on your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so the premise of this book is, you know, Ruby is the main character and she has spent her entire life wanting out of this small town in the in Nebraska. Everything was about getting out of this town and it so much so that that she had these ideas of what people thought of her but based on where she grew up and who her mom was and because she was poor and she was what they would consider from the wrong side of the tracks and which were little literal tracks. There were train tracks in the, mm-hmm. um, in the town. And so she had lived her entire childhood under the perception of what other people of what she thought other people thought of her based on things that she would hear in passing or <laughs> things that bullies would say to her at school, you know, cause every school has mean girls and I don't, I will never understand why girls are mean to each other because we're all going through some similar thing. Correct. Well, just on my little so, tangent, based on what you just said there. So I'm traveling back. Luke and I went on a college visit this weekend. And, and so we had an inter- interrupted time, which a lot of it was spent listening to his rap music. Oh, he loves rap music. <laughs> and I've learned to appreciate it. I I will say that. I yeah. mean, so, the, so that's one little tangent. But the other tangent was that um, he was talking about how um, people, um, how guys are kind of mean to each other. But then he said, but mom, he said, the girls are the worst. Oh, they are. This is my 18 year old senior talking. He said, they're the worst. And he said, teachers will talk about how awful girls are and how, what they're, and he, cause he was talking about the rap music being, Mm -hmm. having some cuss words in it and stuff. And when he said, um, yeah, he said, but the girls mouths are awful. They're worse than boys. And he said, and not only that, but they're mean to each other. He said, I will never, ever understand that i mean it it really it's so true um just how we are really really awful to each can be really really awful really can and it's not it's not um isolated to middle school or high school or it it follows you everywhere if if women don't i don't know if women don't grow up they are perpetual middle schoolers yes Yes. absolutely so so that is the, and then obviously something happens. She gets stuck in this town. She doesn't get out. Mm-hmm. And then the remain, you know, the next, so I think she's 25 in, in the book. So then the next seven years, she continues to live her life in this mindset that <laughs> they all think that she are, are these, and she had isolated herself. She was completely solitary in, in her world and just watching her through, through the telling of this story and watching her see the mistakes that she made and, 
and the truths that she believed over her life and to come to the place where where she was in the end of this it was an incredible read that's awesome it really really was so i totally totally identify with ruby and i totally identify with that story um going all the way back to thinking about when you said being called names um in eighth grade, there was this bully named Donald. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not one to have like really smart comebacks. First of all, that wasn't ever me. Two, I'm way too nice. And I, I didn't know, but he called Don't verbally spar with McKenna. I, no, she is the best mm-hmm. at comebacks. So anyways, going back to Donald calling me frog lips because he said my lips were so huge. Now really thinking about that logically, do frogs even have lips? I don't know. But, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I mean, every single day he'd be like, here comes frog lips and all that. So for for the longest time, I hated my lips because... Because Donald picked on them. Yeah, he said they were too... Like, I thought that I, that I had these huge lips and I didn't think they were beautiful and I would just try to hide my lips. Now I love my like I love my lips. I, sound I like love Larry, my lips. I sound like Larry the cucumber. <laughs> I wish I could remember all the lyrics. I totally sing it right now. I know, but I sound. But it's just so. I mean, I am totally. I'm like I'm gonna smile. I'm gonna smile big. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do because that's who I am. Right. But but I totally identify, and I need to even. I need to back up just a little bit. Um, being authentic and trying not to put other people down is something that I really, really, that's my heart. But I also have to be able to tell my story. Yes. And I'm on this podcast. I just want to go ahead and put this out here. I'm going to try to find the balance of that. Um, I hopefully will do it well, um, but I'm not perfect. And so there may be times that I, um, some, some people might think I cross a line or whatever, but when I when I decided that I'm going, oh, go ahead. What are you going to say? Because you're laughing and and I can't. No, I'm not distracted. That's that, that that's that's just your people pleaser. Because some I, people might think I crossed the line. Good Who point. cares? It's your truth. It's it's, it's your my story. story. I understand and that. You are trying to find the balance. It's not for them to say whether that balance is correct or not. Okay. That's for you to say. <laughs> correct. But so my heart. Does. I'll fill in the blanks. <laughs> I just love you, Steph. You have balance. I'll fill in the blanks. That's right. No, but ahead. but 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 my heart is to be able to come here and to be to let God redeem the hurt in my life, absolutely, and to use that for His glory and use that for His good. So that's if if I talk about my past in any way, and that please know that it's not to put anybody down because I understand that any finger that I point, I could have five million pointing back at me. I really know that. Um, but obviously you all know now that I've gone through a divorce and, um, it's, I lived, I can say that I got married very, very young Mm -hmm. and I was not confident. I had my issues. I was working through all kinds of things. So I was trying to find my truth, trying to find my identity through being a wife, through, through pleasing my ex-husband. And that is not a good recipe for, for a marriage one. (laughs) And especially when, um, that person can't be satisfied. Um, and 
has a perception of you that's not true and likes to put that out. So what I guess I'm trying to say is for the longest time, I, I lived Ruby's life, what you were just Mm -hmm. describing, because I believed the things that were somebody else's perception and they put those on me and I isolated myself. I really think you should read this book. And, and I mean, it's a novel. I'm not going to tell. I mean, it's a novel. Um, and there are other things that happen, but in that also she talks about how she never had expectations of other people Mm -hmm. because they were only going to let her down anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, seriously, just because I think you would enjoy it. I'm and, sure I would. Yeah. So, but thinking about that, I would try to isolate myself. I would, because if that person thinks that about me, what, and what do all of these other people think about me? And, and it's just amazing to me how we can let, whether, whether what we believe to be true that people think about us or whether there are assumptions or whether we're just making it up in our head totally keep us from the plans and the destiny that God has for us. And, and I don't want to live that way anymore. And, um, I hate that I allowed, um, my people pleasing to keep me so many years shackled in not living out the life that God wanted for me. Now, does that mean that I didn't do a lot of good things? No. No. And, and I loved being a mom and I had some great times in my marriage. There were things, but as a whole, I wasn't being, I wasn't able to be who God created me to be. Right. And, um, and that the blame goes both ways. So I'm not putting that on, on just one person. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I hope I know, I know, you know that I hope just, I just need to put that out there. So go ahead. I can't, <laughs> that this, this one just can't leave. It's just, I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. So this is, and you know, I'm sorry if I could really stop my mind from all extra thinking, I would, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And so Thank you so much for always being protective of me, mm-hmm. for having my back, for knowing that I could go to war with you and you would, I just, I know that mm-hmm. there aren't too many people in the world that show up. Yeah. That show up. And I love that I have someone that will that does battle with me that's in the trenches and everybody needs those kinds of people. But in order to have those kinds of people, you have to be those kinds of, you have to be that kind of person. Absolutely. You have to be the kind of person that when it is ugly and dirty and you're going to go to war with that person, you're going to go to war for that person. You have their back. You, you know, yes, we all have nastiness. We all have flaws and whatever, but you look for the good. You're the, you're the, you go and you you would do whatever it took to bring out the destiny that God has for that person. And you are that kind of person in my life. And that they're hard to find. They They really, really are hard to find, but in order to have those, you have to be that kind of person. Mm -hmm. And I hope that, um, I hope I've been loyal and faithful and have I made, we've both made mistakes. We've both made mistakes. I've made tons of mistakes in our relationship, but at the end, I would. Well, here's what I love about 
who we are Mm -hmm. and who we are to each other Mm -hmm. is that in this if we if we wanted to say war well we'll say war the past since 2013 especially has been a war for me it's been a war Mm -hmm. and i stepped up to the front lines and i went to war with sarah with sarah Mm -hmm. um no for sarah but in the midst of that, we had our own battles. We sure did. We, we had our own battles that put us um, on opposite sides of each other. But we worked through them. Mm-hmm. And we came to a place where understanding that we were both lashing out in hurt and um, stress and mm-hmm. confusion. And I think that... Uh, I want to make sure I say it right. Because I I think of like one time in particular and everything that, that built up to that moment and how sometimes you can open your mouth and not actually be in control of the words that are coming out. Uh huh. The flesh takes over. And at the end, yes, you, which is what we just read about. Mm-hmm. And, but here's the deal. I'm not even sure that it was the flesh that took over as, as so much as it was an evil spirit that took over because the words that came out of my mouth and, and I'll, I own, I own my words. I said them, they were in my voice. Um, but the words that came out of my mouth are words that I have never thought ever before that moment. And I didn't think them in that moment. They just came out. That's fascinating. You know, and it was the exact phrase that needed to be said to attack you where it would hurt most. Mm-hmm. You know, what's so interesting is that I, I, haven't, I haven't even thought about that forever. And it's so interesting that you say that. I, anything that, that Satan could throw at me in the past five years, especially, has been thrown at me. Yes. Um, anything that... When I was 30, um, I used to be on praise team I, and I love to sing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love, I love to uh, worship is my thing. I love to make a joyful noise. <laughs> I used to sing. Now I just shout. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, but I was singing, um, at church one day and I actually was singing a, a solo and, um, it was it's from Hill songs that called, it's called lead me to the cross. Yes. And I absolutely loved I loved it then. And the words are um, basically take away everything that I've ever thought I wanted, ever thought I wanted to be. And I just lead me, lead me to the, I mean, lead me to the cross and crucify it so that I can be what you want me to be. And I was singing it and I had a, I had a friend come up to me and, and she's, she loves Jesus. I mean, and she, She's a great prayer warrior. And she, and she said, um, Sarah, I can tell that you really, really mean every single word that you're saying. She said, but just know that God's taking you, t- God's taking that prayer that you're singing to heart and you're getting ready to go through some really, really hard, hard things. And I Battle thought, up, baby. Yeah. Here we go. And I thought, listen, I've been through some hard things in my life and I mean, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. You know, whatever. Do you ever think that when we're, when we go into war with that attitude, I got this, I've been through stuff. I, I, I know what I'm doing. That God's sitting up there laughing. Like his heart hurts because we're going 
to war but he's like he went in so cocky (laughs) but the thing about it is is that i didn't even know no that kind of war existed right (laughs) and i didn't really i wasn't prepared for i mean and i'm telling you thing after thing after thing was stripped away and um i was getting ready to go on a mission trip to India, which I've always had a heart for India because of Mother Teresa. Um, that goes back to, if you listen to our f- f- first episodes, I talked about wanting to be a nun, even though I've never grown up in the right. Catholic Church, but I wanted to be a nun. I have no idea why, but anyways. Um, I don't. <laughs> so, but loving Mother Teresa. And so th- to, to be able to go to India has always been a dream of mine. I got the opportunity to go, but I was getting ready to to go to India and at that time, I had no idea that um, hmm, I was getting ready to st- that stuff was happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was in 2013, so I had no had I- no idea that your world was about to implode. I did not, and I was in the I was in the um, um, I was in the garage. I was, and I'm not the most. I'm not technically savvy, nor am, do I know how to build things very well. But I, I have a heart to. I don't have a heart to learn tech, but I have a heart to learn how to like be um, mm-hmm. handy around the house. I do have a heart for that. So um, I'm working on something and I don't remember what it was. And my ex was, <laughs> sorry, it's hard to tell these stories. Um, my ex was in the backyard and I, um, and I was having trouble doing it. And so um I'm distracted now because I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I know. I know. You're going to fix. Uh, yep. You're going to fix it for me. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, now they know that it's edited. We fixed it. <laughs> well, it all, of course, we're going to be authentic here. I just, I, Steph has my back. That's the bottom line. So I, um, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to fix it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go and just get my ex so he can do it because it'll just be a lot easier, a lot quicker. And in that moment, I I felt the spirit be like, what if he's not here? What if your marriage falls apart? What are you going to do then? And I thought, well, first of all, I I can't imagine that ever happening. That's not going to happen. And then he was like, I want basically fix this on your own. You can do this. Do it on your own. And I was like, dang. And then, and then, and then I felt him say, get ready. Because I mean, thing after thing before then had been stripped away. I thought I can't, I can't imagine anything more being stripped away. But then after I, I did end up fixing it, whatever it was, I can't remember what it was. Um, And he was like, your marriage is next. And I was like. And two months later, then things. I remember really, that story. Like, yeah, we've things. About that. Things just started unraveling, and since then, it's just been this whirlwind of destruction. And I had no idea that that war would just take everything out of me. That I thought, who I thought that I was, mm-hmm. what I thought that I needed, what I thought that I wanted, and. What's so crazy about that song, Lead Me to the Cross, in the bridge, it says, um, lead me, she said, um, it says, lead me to your heart. And that's exactly what happens because everything has been stripped away because everything has been destroyed and everything that I thought that I wanted, it's not, that wasn't true. It's truly led me to a deeper, more meaningful relationship with Christ 
and with the people that he has brought into my life that are my people. And I am so grateful that the hard times, the difficult times, the things that I, when I was on the bathroom floor thinking that I wasn't ever going to make it through that next day or even the next minute that, that he's brought me to a place of, um, contentment, contentment, contentment and peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I want to be able to authentically share, um, my story. This has given me a platform to do that. And thank you all for your patience as I try to do that. Uh, Thank you for your patience Mm -hmm. as I try to, as I try to share, um, because my heart's desire is to be a warrior for especially women, because I've always had a heart for women and and women's ministry. Um, That is part of who God created mm -hmm. you to be. You can't ignore that. No. Um, Nor have you ever. No, I haven't. But nor have you ever. You have done amazing things already in women's ministry, whether it be through the full time mom podcast that we did hundred years ago, um, <laughs> you know, uh, season one of authentic life radio or, or teaching and through the women's Bible study that we did at the church we attended, you have always just being part of, of women's lives. You have always been true to that part of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and now I want to learn how to use what, what Satan used tried to use to destroy, destroy. me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to use that to, um, for God's glory. So thank you all for your patience as I try to, which I think you, which I, I honestly, I think you will. And I, and I know or, that or you are, and I agree with that. You are, but, but it's amazing to me because still I find myself insecure knowing, not knowing what to share, not knowing how to do it well. Um, and it's going to be a learning curve. I think oh. that you're navigating very well, though. I mean, you're, you are navigating, like here in the four or five episodes that we've sat down and and talked. Mm-hmm. I think you're navigating very. I think you're doing better than maybe what you think you are. Okay. Well, it doesn't. I'd just lay it all. I mean, I wouldn't lay because I have. <laughs> I like to joke and say I just lay it on the table, but let me tell you that there. There are things in my story that next year at Free the Dream, I'm telling my story. Did you know this? Have I told you this? Yes, you did. And so I did. I remember. I remember the walk from Cracker Barrel to the faraway parking lot. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had we had to park in the Cracker Barrel Overflow we parking. Sure did. Lot. So our Burger King, Burger King, now has become Cracker Barrel. That's our it place. We, we God really used true. us many times at Cracker Barrel. Yeah, he has. If you think about the the some of the servers that we've had, or the one the mom and the daughter who had the emergency, and we went to the ER with them. That's right. That's so, right. That we. <laughs> but we really have matured though from Burger King to Cracker Barrel. We we have. You see, we've even grown up in restaurants. That's right. Okay, go ahead. Though. Next is the wine bar. <laughs> We'll say that for our fifties. So, um, but no, there, there are, I'm, so I'm telling my story, um, at free the dream next year. And, and in that there are, there are parts of my story that, that greatly affect 
another person. And so right now I'm praying through the fact, it's my story, it's my truth, but I do think about how sharing my truth will affect them. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't concern, I'm not concerned with what they'll think of me. Mm -hmm. It happened. It's -hmm. it's written in my history, you know, Mm -hmm. It, it has happened, but... Um, but so I am praying through, do, do I have a conversation? Do I, do I open a, a dialogue about, about this and, and how I will share it? And, and what, because, because those are things that I have not brought to the table thus far. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's been listening to me for the last 13 years will have never heard these parts of my story. And and so while I can jokingly say, we'll throw it all out on the table, even I know, understand, and acknowledge not everything gets thrown all out on the table. And it's a learning curve. To it know, really is. To know what, to, to know what it is. Because I know our hearts, I'll, well, most of the time is not for vengeance. <laughs> now, there, <laughs> I will. now, there is that other time. <laughs> There are there, and I will, and, and here's, and I will be authentic and real here. There are sometimes I still. No, I am. I'm laughing because um. So there, there's a there's a man who works out on the elliptical next to me at the gym, mm-hmm. and uh, we we've been talking the last the, the last few weeks on relationship things. He asked me for some relationship advice, <laughs> and I had said I one of. <laughs> I can't even say what I said because of this line that we've drawn. But but what I'm laughing at is how I referred, how I described how I feel about your ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in, in this, this navigating and this, this heart of vengeance. So just know that, you know, well, Stephanie's never let y'all believe she's perfect. I'm not. <laughs> And, um, even I am navigating life, you know, from a mostly full heart of love. Well, yeah. (laughs) Or a heart mostly full of love. Yeah. So, so, but there, I mean, I still struggle with anger. I mean, so there, there are days that, that that happens, but for them, I mean, I'm really moving past that stage and and it's the stage of just acceptance and knowing that I, God has a lot better. Yes. And he, and he is doing a lot better. Yeah. I think one, and you know, what's really hard. I will say this is that I'm finding out things that have been said about me that aren't true. And that's where I'm really, I want to go out and I want, and people can say, well, that's what you're doing right now. I just, I want to go out and just like talk to every single person individually. And say, I understand that, but I want to say, this is true. This is not true. I want to be able to, we don't need to take out a billboard because God will protect your reputation. I was going to say so. At the end of the day, it is going to come to light. The truth will set you free, Sarah. I, I know. So the thing, and about then it you is- will be free indeed, <laughs> because not everybody can look rosy and shiny all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's interesting is that I, I've always struggled. Obviously, keeps this is a theme of mine to struggle with people pleasing. I had lunch with a friend that I hadn't seen in a long while. And she said, Sarah, one of the things, and I've had two people recently tell me this, um, that I had, the, and I had this phrase in my early thirties. Um, 
that I would say over and over. And, and, and they said, both of these women said, this is stuck with me, this thing, uh, this phrase. And it's, tr- and I said, I have to trust God with my reputation. You have, you've always said that. Yeah. I have to trust God with my reputation. I love how he has gone before me in so many ways and just, he's been very, although this past, especially five years have been awful. He has built a foundation he was always building a foundation because he obviously knew what was coming up ahead. It's not that that's what he wanted. It's not what that's what he planned, but he knew what was up ahead. So he has always gone before me. He, and in any of us to help build this foundation, the solid foundation so that when we get there, um, we don't crumble. Right. And, um, so that phrase of, I have to trust God with my reputation grounded me and and I had honestly had forgotten about it. I mean that I well ever because you were a, living in the I was living in attack it. of your reputation. Yeah, and um, so I was like, thank you, thank you again for that words that came out of my own stinking mouth. I I, I had to be reminded of almost them. as if he knew where you were headed. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so, things that make you go. Hmm. <laughs> so it's just it's so, but that is that is the truth that God goes before us. He goes behind us. He's there with us in the midst of it, of it all. And he really does. He is working good, even when we can't see it. Absolutely. He really Absolutely. is. I think that this is all fitting. It, it, and I, I really, I really enjoy how, since we began reading this book, mm-hmm. Uninvited by Lisa Turkhurst, that it just seems natural that this is where our conversations go Mm -hmm. this chapter in the idea of walking into a room and being so overwhelmed and with what they think of me Mm -hmm. or what you know who am i going to talk to how am i going to make a connection here what it's almost you know like i love your i love your little notes (laughs) i do (laughs) i was okay Um, I read this book this morning in bed and I'm reading and I'm reading. I'm like, Oh, I want to underline that. And then I'm like, I can't find a pen. (laughs) I have to actually get out of bed to find a pen. And if I have to walk downstairs, forget it. I'm not taking notes. (laughs) There was a pen on my husband's bedside table. So we were saved. But, um, but I really enjoyed, I, I did really enjoy this. And, I have been talking about unrealistic expectations for what feels like forever to me now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I kind of feel like that is my, that's my message right now. And I've, I've grabbed a, a bullhorn and I'm just shouting it for the whole world to see or hear. Um, but she says here, we must respect ourselves enough to break the pattern of placing unrealistic expectations on others after all people will not respect us more than we respect ourselves and i love the way that she because i talk about not having unrealistic expectations no one can or i talk about unspoken expectations Mm -hmm. which a lot of times can be unrealistic Mm -hmm. mainly because they're unspoken but i love when the unrealistic expectations and you have to respect yourself enough to break them because no one is going to respect us more than we respect ourselves. If you can't respect yourself, 
how do you expect other people Mm -hmm. to respect you as well? When I read that, I thought of both of us, honestly, (laughs) Um, that sentence, because growing up as two girls who had been um, victimized. Yes. I shouldn't say victim. I don't even, because we're not victim. Well, yes, we are. Well, we were then. We were then. I'm not now. I'm not now. Yeah. Who were victimized as, um, by adults, by adult men. It's really hard to learn how to respect yourself. Right. Because you're walking into situations where this, where respect was never given. Exactly. To to begin with. Exactly. And so it's really, really hard to learn how to respect yourself in that thing. And I can tell and you. And others. Yes. And, and others. Yes. So I can tell you that I have learned by a process what it means to respect myself, to be able to say, I am, I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of, of all of these things, but it, but it's a process and it's a journey. And, and you know, I really firmly believe that Satan's goal is to kill and destroy. Well, yes. And that totally means to kill the self. And so he's going to go by any means necessary. So all of us, if we're really true and true, really being honest, have this, these places in our lives where he's tried to go after us Mm -hmm. and, this isn't a unique story to the, to the two of us. I mean, it's not, not, you know, so, um, we have to learn truly, truly how to respect ourselves before we can ever really expect others to mm -hmm. respect us as Mm -hmm. well. And that comes from, I love how she talks about this. Um, and it's, so it, She's looking for her space. I am, she, sorry. She's, no, that's fine. Um, she talks about how in order to really be in this place of being, respecting ourselves, we have to have the fullness of God in us. And what does it mean to to walk into the room with the fullness of God? It means that we don't expect anybody else to fill us up because we are already full of the truth of God, Who, um, what he says about us his love. And when we are in that place, we don't expect anybody else to give us the things that we need because we are already, because we're already full of them. Absolutely. Um, And she goes based, it's um, Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. And I love these verses. And it says, for this reason, um, Paul wrote, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through the spirit in your inner being so that, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, and this is, I love being rooted and established in love may have power and just stopping there real quick. The only way that we're going to have power to get through life is being rooted and established in love. Absolutely. Together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And what is crazy to me is that when we are rooted and established in love, that we get the full measure, all of him, all of God. And if we truly walk in that way, there is absolutely nothing 
we need other people. And she talks about how we do need other people, but we don't need other people to fill us up because we have been filled with the fullness of all of who God is. And my tiny brain can't truly comprehend that. What does it truly mean to be filled with all of God? But even just taking to small um, bits of his character and thinking that those things can fill me up if I, if I allow him to. Right. It, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. I love, um, the, uh, in the very beginning, she said, um, pro, um, proximity. Thank you. You're welcome. It was not coming. <laughs> I, I'm looking at the word and I'm like, yeah, I know what it is, but it's not coming out. Okay. I, I, I gotcha. <laughs> There's some days, I mean, there's some days out. Did I tell you that like a few weeks ago, I couldn't do words that started with O. I was like only other. And I'm like, I'm seriously, I'm regressing. <laughs> no. It's ridiculous. No, Prox- we're just getting old. That's all. <laughs> I'm not old. I know I'm not old because I told Phil he's not old. That's my gym buddy. Um, <sighs> proximity and activity don't always equal connectivity Mm -hmm. and so we've talked about you know we just talked our i did i just brought up how we could just be like we didn't have to be entertaining each other or having conversation we we could just be so there was a level of connection that was happening even when we were just Mm -hmm. in proximity but um, I, so I started this chapter and she talks about walking into a room and everybody's already engaged in conversation. There's no one for her to talk to. She doesn't want to interrupt any of the um, you know, conversations that are happening already and uh, just the anxiety that that built in her. And I'm thinking when I walk into a room full of people talking, get me a drink and put me in the corner because baby, I'm going to people watch myself <laughs> to death all night long. So are you content with that? I am. I'm not. I, I am. am not. And I think that it probably, it might take me back to middle school, especially middle school when I would walk in and we, and I'd moved and I'm walking into a lunchroom, not knowing a single person yeah. and thinking, where am I going to set sit? this lunch tray down? Yeah. And if I set it down there, what are they, you know, is this going to be an okay place to sit? Um, what are they going to think? You know, that, that anxiety, that overwhelming anxiety of, am I going to, I think, am I going to fit in? Right. And as I've grown older, I mean, you can't do that as, I mean, you cannot do that as a middle schooler, what I'm getting ready to say. But as I've grown older and as I've hopefully learning to love people better and what I think her, her message especially is in this chapter is that I need to be full of God so that when I walk into a room, I'm not expecting other people to come to me. Right. I'm thinking, okay, God, how can I be a blessing? Right. Which one of these conversations am I supposed to be a part of? Right. How can I be a blessing to that person? Or, and sometimes it could be that I just keep my mouth shut. Right. I mean, sometimes people don't need to hear anything that comes out of my mouth and that's fine too. But I'm thinking for me, that's most of the time. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but, but when I, but how can I, how, you know, what is somebody else going through? Can I smile at somebody and let, make them feel more comfortable, feel, make them feel accepted, you know, and that is where I'm growing to now. Do I have it perfectly? No, because I'll be really honest today. I walked in, had an interview today, trying, I'm getting all these little different odd jobs 
Um, and so I'm really excited about that. But I, so I, but I walked into this room today um, and I'm waiting for an interview and I found myself like I was watching a couple of the women who already work there and it just didn't feel accepted and whatever. And I could tell my insecurity was starting to take over and I, but I can't, I hadn't read this chapter yet. I'll be really honest. I read it when I got here because I forgot. (laughs) I read it this morning. Okay. So, um, but I really, truly, I'm sitting there waiting to be called for the interview and I start laughing on the inside of myself Mm -hmm. thinking, Sarah, you idiot. What's it matter what these ladies think of you? And why are you so uncomfortable? Just sit here how about you pray for them instead? Or how about you pray for that or whatever? And, and th- getting my mind turned around on what, just whatever really helped me to be like, Oh, Sarah, you're still such an idiot. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes. But, um, but being, but the only way that I know that that's going to happen is being rooted and established. And that means that thing, my roots go down deep and that I'm truly firm in knowing who God says that I am. And, um, and being able to, to give that message to other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I really, I really liked this chapter Yeah, and, it's, and I, I love that you talk about you, you moved around a lot. And so that the feeling of the, where am I going to sit? Who, you know, making new friends. And so I moved around a lot as a child, but I don't remember that. Hmm. I don't. Um, I moved in with my dad when I was nine and then I was in one place for, you know, until I graduated. But so many of those memories are overshadowed by, by trauma that I know we're over an hour. <laughs> we always seem to have a that lot to say, don't we? I don't, I do, so I don't, I know that I did that. I know that I went to those, those new schools and that I had those um, feelings in it, but I don't remember them. Like I don't have conscious memories of... Hmm. Of doing that. And so it's funny that that's what you bring up as, mm-hmm. as a, as a, as a go-to for that, because that wouldn't have even. It's what, it's something that I go back to quite a bit is remembering, truly remembering how I felt in those moments and then thinking, okay, if I felt that way, then I'm sure some other people feel that but, way. So how yeah. can I go and make sure that they don't feel that way? Exactly. Um, which then goes back to. Everything that happens in our lives, God can use for a greater purpose. Our pain and our can be used for his greater purposes. And I love that about him. I love that what, that what has been used to try to kill and destroy, God says, I don't think so. Right. And says, and he says, what can I do to bring, um, the kingdom of heaven here to earth and how are you going to be a part of it? Right. And, and that is exciting to me that we can actually be a part of, of his goodness, of his grace, of his mercy each and every day, every day, every day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of authentic life radio. Like I said, easy for me to say. <laughs> so just love you. I just love you. Thank you. I'm just myself flaws and all. Take it, take, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. I and take it. thank you. Until next week, y'all, live authentically.